0: with it was it was a a, a beautiful ceramic vase some of you call it a vase and it had it had the uh, a plant on the outside it was cream-colored about that tall mom you remember that and uh, she she had a certain place for it up there on on the mantle and it was it was there in a special place where everyone could see it and that kind of thing and she warned me she said no throwing balls in the house you know that's that's like sending a boy to prison it really is i mean you know we balls are made for boys you know and and we just and uh, so there were times that she was not around And uh, I would be playing with things, you know, tossing a frisbee up in the air or or whatever the case may be, whatever I had handy to play with at the time. And on more than one occasion something came out of my hand and went in that direction and you know how you want to just reach out and try to grab it and it's gone you know it's it's headed right for that it never did hit it and I never did break it but if I had of I'd have been dead and wouldn't be here today (laughs) I'm very thankful but you know we live in a day that things break you know, we drop things and they shatter and all that kind of thing. Back, back years ago, uh, back in the 15th century, there was a man in the Far East and, and you know, they didn't, they didn't have Walmart and they didn't have stores and these kinds of things. People made things and, and they were precious and valuable to people. And so he, he broke this beautiful dish that he loved and he, and, and he used And rather than just take a whisk broom and and dustpan, sweep it up and throw in the trash can, he asked someone, a friend of his, can you fix this for me? And so when he brought it back to him, he brought it back to him and looked something like this. And the process has been known uh, to be called, uh, let's see if I can say this correct, consuteroi. And it means golden joining what they would do is this they would take a resin a lacquer resin and they would sprinkle into that lacquer resin gold dust and they would sprinkle that into there and then they would use that resin as it were as a bonding as a glue to to glue every piece back together and when it was done and when it was complete then it was more beautiful and had a greater story to it than it ever had before this morning i want you to realize that there's more people in this world that are broken than just you we're all broken somehow some way we're broken physically we're broken emotionally we're broken relationally i mean there's all kinds of fractures We are a fragile being and this world is rough and death and sickness and disease and harm comes to each and every one of our lives. And here at Thanksgiving, we have in our text, be ye thankful, but sometimes we find it at the end of the passage and we wonder how in the world are we going to get there to where we can be thankful because, oh, I'm hurting so badly. And no one knows and I'm afraid that no one cares listen to me please God knows and God cares and he's the one that can take the broken pieces and when he puts it together back into our life he puts it together with the golden grace of his power let's look please in Colossians chapter 3 and if you're if you're jotting down a title I I encourage you to jot down these two words, redeemed and repaired. Redeemed and repaired. You see, redeemed has the idea of that, that something is of value. When you redeem something, you buy it back. And Jesus Christ, he bought us back at Calvary with the price of his precious blood. He loved us that much. He thought that we were valuable to him. The world might not think that that we're valuable at all. The world might think, we hear this word unredeemable. Listen to to me, please. There is no, no one in this world who's unredeemable. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It's interesting. Upon further research about this resin that's used to glue the pieces back together the resin is taken and formed the glue is formed from the resin from a tree if you don't know where I'm going with that you're not really plugged in the glue that puts us back together the the golden grace the glue is, the, is from, it reminds us of the tree that Jesus Christ hung upon. And then the gold, the touch of the King of Kings to bring healing back into our life. Let's begin reading, please. Verse number 5, Colossians chapter 3. The Bible says, Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. And he gives a list, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. For its things sake, the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. Look at verse 8. But now ye also put off all these anger, wrath, uh, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds. Pause there and look up here for a second. Satan wants to use his weapons to break us. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We've all fallen. We're all broken beings. You might say, well, my my thing that's broken me isn't in this list. Don't worry. There's plenty of other lists in the Bible. Verse 8 says, But now ye also uh, put off all these things, and we, and we went over that. Verse, verse number 10, And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge, after the image of him that created him. Verse 12, Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, why would that ever happen to Christians? Even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And then verse 15 is where we get to the the end there. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also ye are called in one body. Say the last four words with me, and be ye thankful. You know, we're not thankful, I believe, as God's children. Because... We don't get there. Say, well, preacher, I cannot get there. I cannot get through those two lists. That's what God wants us to do today. He wants to take us by the hand. He wants to glue us back together. And he wants to make us a vessel that he can use, a vessel for his grace and glory to touch other people. And you'll see in, in a few moments how the God can use the brokenness of our life to reach someone else that no one else can reach because they have the same brokenness. And when they see the touch of Almighty God and the gold in your life, where he has filled that part of your life, be it death or divorce or disease or whatever the case may be, and the broken part in your life and where God is healed and where God is blessed and God has touched it, and you've had the the power of heaven upon your life, and you turn and say, God loves you too, and God will heal you, you and your heart too. Let's go to him in prayer and ask the Lord to use this scripture in our life. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the music that has prepared our hearts. Lord, softened us to the leadership and direction, the speaking of the Holy Spirit. Lord, every prayer that's gone forward, Lord, I thank you for the folks that have come and set aside their schedule or the the aches and pains in their body, uh, set aside the the temptation for laziness, and they said, no, Lord, I want to be in your house. I want to worship you. I want to serve you. And I pray, God, you'd bless each and every one. Holy Spirit, help us to magnify Jesus and to point people to him through this. I ask you to speak. Speak through my lips and speak to each heart. I thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' precious name, amen. God does not make us new. He makes us better than new. He makes us better than new. You know, it's a temptation for us. In, in, in our world today, and, and I'm not just speaking about American and, and things, but, but, but in our world today, people throw away things that are broken. And so we have a tendency to, to feel like that we need to be perfect. And uh, we, we need to hide anything in our life that, for fear that someone may reject us, for fear that someone may, may uh, be disappointed in us. Folks, if, if the truth be known... There are all kinds of areas of our life that are broken that we might be hiding from one another, but we can never hide them from God. And God is the one who can heal, and God is the one who can make us whole again. And we seem to run from him. And we want to say, no, no, everything's fine, God. Everything's fine. No, no, I can handle it. But God doesn't want to make you brand new. He wants to make you better than brand new. He wants to have his touch upon you. Hold your place there in Colossians. If you turn with me uh, to 2 Corinthians, turn back a few pages to 2 Corinthians chapter number 12. I believe this principle is taught in the life of the Apostle Paul. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. You see, I don't believe that God refused to answer the Apostle Paul's prayer because he prayed wrong. I don't believe that, that he f- uh, failed to answer his prayer in the way that he asked because he could not heal him. Oh, that's, that's craziness. That, that's blasphemous to think that God cannot do... God is omnipotent. He can do anything. But I believe that God wanted to show us in real life form how that he can touch someone, enable them in their broken state to continue to serve him. Look, look with me, please, at verse number seven. Second Corinthians twelve, verse seven: Lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Have you ever felt like that Satan is using you for punching practice? Verse 8, for this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. Some people seem to think that they can order Satan around. I understand we're a child of the king. I understand that. I understand we have throne rights. I understand that. Uh, But there are authorities that God has established. And God is over all. And God directs and God sends and God stops and and God's in charge. But we often tend to think that we want to get in on what God can do and we want to tell Satan what he's going to do. Let's go to God and let God tell Satan what he's going to do. I besought the Lord thrice, and that's what he did. He went to the Lord that it might depart from him. Verse 9, and he said unto me, "My say it with me, please aloud. My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly therefore will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. My strength is made perfect in weakness." I specialize in your weakness, I specialize in your broken areas. That's where my strength is seen the most. So I don't know if you can really see that that gold uh, in that bowl up there on the screen, but no doubt. Someone would say, yes, that was, that was my bowl and, and it was handed down to me from, from my parents and, and uh, I, I cherished it and, and there was an accident that took place and, and here's what happened. There's a story behind it. Listen, please. When there's a brokenness in your life, there's a story behind that. But the best story of all is how you can describe how God brought glory and grace through your life. And that's what the Apostle Paul was saying. So, we know that back in our text in Colossians, in Colossians chapter 3, we know that there are things that threaten to break us. We know that. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. There's no bragging in heaven, folks. The only bragging that goes on is when we brag on Jesus. And we might as well just, just understand and, and, and brag on him down here and tell other people what Jesus has done for us. Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord, Jesus is speaking here. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal who? The brokenhearted. Sent me to heal the brokenhearted. The brokenhearted. So if you look at this list and you say, wow, I've been broken on there and broken on this and broken on that. And by the way, if you don't think that you're broken, then you have not had a clear vision of the biblical holy God. If you, don't think, if you think that you're just, just fine and, and dandy and wonderful, then here's the problem. You're comparing yourself to other people and you're, you've not compared yourself to the holiness of God because in his vision, we're all broken. In his vision, none of us measure up, even close. That's why Jesus had to die on the cross. You might say, well, preacher, I'm thankful that I'm not what I used to be. I'm thankful for that. And, And I know that I'm not what I ought to be. But, but thank God I'm going to heaven. I'm, I'm born again, washed in the blood of Jesus. My trust is in the Lord to save, save me and take me to heaven. Well, then this passage is to all of you who would give a testimony of that. Here's some things to put on, some things to put on. Some of you uh, put on some cologne. Some of you put on uh, some hair. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll get there too. Looks like all of us put on clothes. That's a good thing. The new man, the new man within us. There are some things that we are to put on. Look, please, with me. Verse verse number 12. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, God has chosen you. You're You're God's family, holy and beloved. You're set apart unto him. I'm going to give you three-word definitions for these words that are are listed here. The Bible says bowels of mercy. Bowels of mercy. If you're jotting some notes down, write down the word mercy. And beside that, write down deep-seated affection. A deep-seated affection. Bowels of mercy. Ephesians 2.7 says that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness excuse me uh, Titus 3 5 goes there not by works of righteousness which we have done but according to his mercy he saved us I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God they present your bodies living sacrifice his mercy his mercy deep-seated affection deep-seated affection his mercy and um, uh, we read on, and, and we're going to quickly go through these. These are seven, seven uh, things in this list that we need, seven qualities of a Christian. Uh, and, and the next one is kindness. The Bible says, put on, therefore, as elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness. Say, what is kindness? Well, you can, you can come up with a lot of wonderful, flowery descriptions of kindness. But simply put, it would be being Jesus to others. Being Jesus to others. Kindness. And that's the verse I, I, I gave to you, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 7: the kindness toward us through Jesus Christ. Who is Jesus to this world? The believers, the little Christ. That's what the word Christian means. The kindness, mercy. Do you have mercy to others? Do you have a deep-seated affection towards them? That comes from God. Kindness is reflecting Jesus to others. And then, here's here's an interesting word. The Bible says, uh, humbleness of mind. Humbleness of mind. What in the world is humility? Well, humility is the thing that once you think you have it, you've lost it. Okay? If you're humble, other people will spot it and you'll never know it if you're truly humble okay there's a lot of uh, uh, theological definitions for humility but one that's a working definition that I like just obeying God just obeying God that implies a lot of things it implies that that we're not looking around to see who's watching us when we obey God. We're not trying to compare ourselves with what someone else said. No, we're just simply doing what God said to do because it's what God said for us to do. Just obeying God. Humility. 1 Peter 5.5 5 says, Be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace Unto the humble. He giveth grace unto the humble. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so if we just say, Lord, I want to be humbly serving you. I would just want to do what you say. That's it. I don't, I'm not doing it for any reward. I'm not doing it for any other attention or acclaim or applause. You know, an egotistical person can throw out their shoulder by patting themselves on the back. Be careful about that. And a lot of, a lot of thoughts about, about pride. But pride is the source of all sin, folks. Pride is what started all this happen happening. Uh, Lucifer, kindness, humility. And then uh, the word meekness. The Bible says uh, kindness, humility, and meekness. What is meekness? Strength under control. Meekness. The Bible says that Jesus was more meek than any man. Look at all the strength that he had. And yet, whenever the disciples came to him and said, Lord, why don't you just call down fire from heaven and consume them? Well, the Lord could have done that. He says, ye know not what spirit ye are of. Strength under control. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one. When the spirit of meekness... Considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. This thought of strength under control. So where does where all, all this come from? Hang, hang tight with me now. Mercy, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. Do you see that? Verse number 12, the end of the verse, long-suffering. Oh boy, this is, this is where it really gets tough. Here's the three words. Enduring hard times. Long suffering. You think of the word patience. By the way, I've, I've, I've had people tell me, don't pray for patience. God answers prayer. Say, Well, well, good. I need more patience. Well, you have to understand what patience is. Tribulation worketh patience. Romans chapter 5 tells us that. And so if you want more patience, he'll say, Okay, sure will. I, I want you to have patience. That's according to my will. You asked for it, you got it. Tribulation, tribulation, tribulation. Uh, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof," Jesus said. But we do want to be long-suffering like God is with us. He's long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Long suffering, enduring hard times. So you have a deep seated affection. You're showing Jesus to others. You're just obeying God. You have strength and control. You're enduring hard times. And then look at the next at the next word in verse thirteen: forbearing one another. Forbearing one another. Here's the three words: put up with. Put up with. You know, if you've got someone that's got a broken arm. You're not going to say, okay, swim the English channel. It's just not going to happen. In marriages, you know, um, I heard one wife say to her husband, I'm not in a car that you can just fix up and make work and everything. I'm just going to, I am who I am, you know. We have broken pieces in our life. That's why we need the grace of God, the golden grace of God, to redeem us and repair us. And in that work, there are times that we have to, according to God's word, put up with those broken parts of other people. Aren't you glad if someone puts up with the broken pieces in your life? I mean, we expect that, right? We expect people to put up with us. Long suffering long-suffering forbearance to put up with and the last one in this list the Bible goes on to say in 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 verse number 13 forgiving one another forgiving one another here's the three words pardon personal harm Oh, preacher you uh, Okay, I'm working on my shopping list now. (laughs) I'm going to go and do something. Pardon personal harm. And be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you, Ephesians 4.32. By the way, these are not suggestions. Put on is in the imperative sense, in the imperative tense of the grammar. It's a directive from God. It's not a choice It's a directive. It's what God's telling us we must do. We must pardon personal harm. Uh, Jesus said it this way in Luke 17, verse 4 And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. I mean, that's pretty tough. Forgiving, pardoning personal harm. That means you let him off the hook. That means you don't hold it against them. Pardon means their, their record is expunged and you don't bring it back up against them again. It's done. Pardon, forgiveness. And then we see, uh, you know, uh, if you've grown up in Florida, you don't understand this. But there is such a thing as an overcoat. Overcoat. I got my first overcoat when I, I think I was in high school. Uh, my, my parents, my mother got me an overcoat. And um, I would, uh, we were in Tennessee and Louisville, Kentucky, and, you know, little, little cooler regions than Florida. And uh, so when I'd get ready to go to church and it was really, really cold, and it was really cold in West Virginia, I'd have a scarf and I'd have an overcoat and I'd have gloves and sometimes I'd have a hat, you know, and all that kind of thing, ready to go. Sometimes I'd have overshoes, you know, galoshes, because the, the salt and everything is slushy and it's just a mess. It's, it's, we think that snow is pretty. For a little while it is. But then it's just mess and it's dirty and it's piled and it's slippery and it, you know, all that kind of thing. And, and, and sometimes dangerous. But an overcoat, it covered up everything. It tried to keep the warmth in. Let's see what the Bible says about that. Verse 14 says, And above all these things put on, what is it? Charity, Charity which is the bond of perfectness. This is the, the height of love. This is the agape love. This is the kind of love that only comes from God. This is the unselfish, sacrificial giving love so i give it these three words giving like god giving like god don't think for one moment i'm just talking about giving something to someone money wise no giving of ourselves giving like god charity agape love for god so loved the world that he gave charity And then that wraps it all back up into one package those seven is wound up and bound up by charity our modular building out there one day we will get to occupy I believe that I have faith I have faith there's little things that have to be completed and and things of that nature and uh, we're working with the city to get all those things done and with the company that delivered them and, and, uh, and all that. And, and we have a great big bow that used to... Remember when we had a red box right out here at the street, uh, Christmas time and journey through Christmas, we had a great big red box and, and a great big bow on it, you know, huge big thing. I told Brother Herb, I said, Brother Herb, we need to probably uh, get that bow and maybe put it on, put it on the, maybe, maybe we'll have it for Christmas, a Christmas gift uh, to the church. Wrap it all up together. That's what charity does. It wraps all these things up together. Because if we are not uh, giving like God, then none of these other things are going to work. You say, well, preacher, it seems like an awful lot. Well, let me, let me just explain it and share it to you uh, this way. Uh, guys, if you're, if you're helping me, would you come on and please, uh, those of you who, who uh, Brother Paul, thank you, and our young men, come on, quickly, quickly, guys. All right. The Holy Spirit will begin working in our heart and our life. And will say, yes, you, you, you need that. And say, I can't do that. You don't understand, I, I, you know, the preacher talks about that, and the Sunday school teacher talks about that, and all those kinds of things, but, but I, 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 just, I just can't do that. But to that, Jesus tells us this, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I'm meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest in your souls, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is what? Light. My burden is light. So as the Holy Spirit brings those, bring those thoughts uh, to your heart, it, it might be that he'd say, you know, you need to, you need to pray. And uh, you need to point people to Jesus Christ. And, and you just need to be a, a, a bright, shining example of, of who Jesus is to the world. And, and you need to, to pour the Word of God into your life. The, the living water. And you need to please the Lord. You need to please the Lord in, in the things that you do. And here's, here's the amazing thing. What I have that I'm fighting against really is gravity. Because it's amazing, I didn't really even feel these things pulling me down in my life. Now, at, in a matter, matter of time, Gravity is going to take its toll on me. And in a matter of time, every believer in Jesus Christ has an old nature, and that old nature pulls at us and wants to pull us away from God. And Satan will try to say, well, you know, it's because God wants you to do all these heavy and terrible things and hard things, and and that's, that's not it at all. His burden is light. But you know what does happen? sometimes the world comes by and says don't tell the truth you can you can get out of your situation by lying and uh, uh, don't don't guard your mouth don't guard your mouth just let whatever comes into your mind out of your mouth I mean you are who you are and 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 you better you better be proud about who you are no one else is going to thank you no one else is going to encourage you. And, and just, he'll just, the world would just start putting weights upon you. And, and you'll begin to think, wow, this thing about prayer, this thing about, this thing about, about pleasing God, it, oh, it's so heavy. I just need some help. I don't think I can do it. And you come on, on Sunday morning, and you get into Sunday school class, and you think, Wow. Boy, that's great. Boy, that's, that's a big help. Thank you for helping. <laughs> Save my illustration. And you come in church and you, and you look at people and, and, and people that are, that are just like you. Someone walks up to you and shakes your hand and say, I just want you to know I'm praying for you. The Lord laid you on my heart this week. I don't know what's going on. And it seems like that there's no weight at all and then you walk out the doors of the church and you get away from God's people and you get away from the songs of Zion and Monday you think I can't do this I just can't and here comes the world and and the world starts putting some more on you and some more on you and you think I I I know I didn't pray today I know I didn't read the Bible today I'm just a failure I'm broken help Help somebody. Lord, please help me. And somebody comes along, Volusia County Baptist Church, some loved one, and sees you. Maybe God moves upon their heart. And you say, wow, thank you. I do thank you, guys. Really, I do. These are heavy. (laughs) They're getting heavier all the time. It's not just gravity, but you know what? Then, then we leave and we stay away from church and we let something intervene interfere intervene and we're trying to hold them out there and we can't and we say i quit i'm broken listen please it's in those times that god specializes you would think that god would say I gave you very light duty. And Jesus Christ is on the other end of the yoke, and He's going to help you. Please, Almighty God. But you wanted the things of the world. You wanted these other things. And those are heavy, and those will destroy. You know, thank you guys, you can be seated. I was reading a story about a man back in the day, before running water. And he would go to the stream down there, and, and he had two buckets. And rather than carrying the two buckets, he took a pole. And he would take the pole and put the pole upon his shoulder, and would attach the, the buckets to, to each end of the pole. And he would carry those two buckets every day back and forth uh, to, to the house. And the one bucket on one side had a hole in the bottom, had a crack. It would leak. By the time he got to the house, half of the water in that bucket would always leak out. And according to the story, the bucket spoke to the man one day. And he said, I am so sorry that I could not carry a full bucket of water all these years to my master's house. I sure wish I wasn't broken. And the man said to the bucket, He said, Have you noticed that along your side of the path that I would walk, have you noticed the beautiful flowers that were there? He said, I know that you were broken. So I planted seeds of flowers on your side so that every time that I walk by, That you would water those flowers. And I collected those flowers and I'd place them on the table. You see, God has a way of blending our brokenness to be a blessing to others. He's able to do that. But we have to acknowledge that we're broken, we have to come to Him, we have to set aside our pride folks we have to do that in order to be saved there's not a person that's going to go to heaven one day and say I deserve to be here no The most surprising thing to me in heaven (laughs) will be that I am there that will surprise me because I know I don't deserve it it's only by the grace of Almighty God through his son Jesus Christ there's a man who worked for a farmer and this farmer did not know the Lord Jesus as a Savior. He was a very proud man. He was very successful in his business. And he had a man who worked for him, who knew the Lord. And he oftentimes made some comments here and there, just trying to plant some seed and witness to him. And the farmer would just, you know, push him away and tell him to be quiet and didn't have time for it and all that kind of thing. Years down the road, the farmer grew very ill and it appeared certain that he was going to die the man was uh, bringing some food to him that, that worked for him bring some food to him there in his, in his room he was talking with him he said won't you please won't you please ask the Lord Jesus to forgive your sins save your soul repent of your sin he said no no I don't I don't want to do that Few days later God began moving on his heart and he said um, this thing about getting saved he said if I did that what would I have to do he looked down at, at his boss and he said a little 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 thoughtfulness a little wisdom in his answer he said well, sir, you're going to have to go down to the pig pen, you're going to have to kneel down in the mud, and you're going to have to say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Oh, he said, I'm not going to do that. No way, that's, that's crazy. A few days later passed. The seriousness of his condition and the conviction of the Holy Spirit upon, upon his life through the witness of this man. He walked in, and he said, tell me again, what would I need to do? He said, you have to go down to the pig pen. You have to kneel down in the mud and say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. The man grabbed his covers. He pulled them off. He said, okay, let's go. He said, no, sir you just gotta be willing the thing keeping him from God was his pride he had to see himself as a sinner before a holy God say well preacher I've done that then won't you recognize that we're in earthen vessels that we break and we shatter and this world is rough and and gruff with our life and we're marred And why not just bring that to God and say, God, I cannot forgive so-and-so. I don't have any kindness the way I should. I have no control over my reactions. I'm broken. Satan would want us to glory in that. I've just got a bad temper. That's nothing to boast about, folks. That just identifies that Jesus is not in control of us. I'm broken, Lord. I've tried to fix this, and I've tried to correct that, and I can't. I'm broken. Please, God, would you heal me? And then he starts putting that golden grace in that broken part of our life. And if we let him, there'll be somebody else come across your path who's got the same kind of brokenness, and you're going to be able to say, Look at what Jesus did for me. I understand what you're talking about. He healed me. He fixed me. And he can do the same for you. Let's bow our heads together, please. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Please let God speak to your heart. Please let him speak to your heart. The song says, have you failed in your battles to accomplish your plans? Is your heart heavy laden? Do you fear the Lord's commands? Do you feel that no one loves you, and there's no use to try? Just bring your cares to Jesus. Your soul, he'll satisfy. Pick up the broken pieces and bring them to the Lord. Would you do that today? Say, preacher, I I, I don't need to do that. Well, (laughs) then you're maybe one out of everyone here that's not broken. Because I'm broken. Heavenly Father, I pray that if there's one person in here that does not know you're in the forgiveness of sin, that their home is already prepared for them in heaven, that they would know that if they died right now, that heaven would be their home. If there's someone in here that does not have that settled, doesn't have that assurance in their heart that Jesus is their Savior, their soon-coming king. Lord, may they today, may they come to you in all of your holiness and all of our brokenness. And Lord, that you would save their soul. And Lord, I pray for those of us, all of us, who are facing broken areas of our life. Lord, we just, may we be honest with you. And bring them to you today. Confess our need. Confess our our, our fault. And ask for your forgiveness, your healing, and your grace. And Lord, you'll make us a trophy of your love. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. In just a moment, we're going to stand.